Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you today? LJ, I'm very good. Um, actually got all the homework done, all my homework done, like, through the weekend already. Um, so that's very nice. Um, but, yeah, uh, very excited going to be talking about the Yankees at least to start the show um just an unbelievable game last night but doing good doing very good um hanging in there all right well let's open up with our first story here it's going to come from across the pond where the Great Britain national baseball team has qualified for the world baseball classic Brandon take us through it LJ they came back yesterday they were down i believe eight to three to spain um and it was oh it was eight three maybe in the in the ninth um it was eight three at some point and great britain comes all the way back blue jays prospect Jaden rudd has uh the game tying home run um and yeah, you know, uh, game goes to extra innings, um, and Great Britain ends up walking it off on a sacrifice fly. Um, their first ever base World Baseball Classic, and just unbelievable. You know, Spain is certainly not a powerhouse but i would assume that they're you know when you're talking about the strength of the two teams uh, spain i would assume is much much better in theory in theory yeah I, I definitely see what you're saying but again this is also props to the mlb i think a little bit here because not it's not just the games that they've sent overseas the last couple of years and are going to continue to do next year that is growing it. They've put in so much effort to grow the sport in the UK. And this is kind of, you know, starting to show fruit of it. Maybe this isn't like perfect, but you know, we're, they're starting to see the resources get put there, the effort, the player talent to get to this point. It's starting to show some fruit, the amount of emphasis and pressure that, baseball is kind of put into that market yeah looking at um a world baseball rankings website um japan is actually ranked number one um interesting certainly usa two cuba three um believe was this Chi uh chinese taipei four um trying to find spain was ranked 16th great britain 25th um yeah certainly uh very very exciting uh stuff here and the world baseball classic is just going to be fantastic um you know you love it's something that you know we see team usa they're going to be loaded this year team puerto rico is going to be loaded team cuba is always loaded japan it's going to come out firing with a bunch of their stars. And we're going to get to see quite a few guys from both the uh, NP or from the NPB 
um, playing. Speaking of that, at some point in an episode, I want to uh, talk about this guy playing in the NPB right now who um, has just been on a home run tear to start his career, and he could possibly be posted this uh, year. I think he has like 50-something home runs this year. Could get posted this offseason. I'm going to try to find um, – little more on him um and we'll talk about it on another day but yeah i mean look for great britain amazing um it will be really cool to see them uh participate in the world baseball classic and definitely something lj and i are really really looking forward to absolutely let's keep this momentum rolling let's swing on over to the yankees brandon you had some thoughts on last night's game yeah, um, just an, an unbelievable win, the best win of the whole season. Aaron Judge, number 60 in the ninth inning. And then Giancarlo Stanton with a walk-off grand slam. Um, you know, had been taking a lot of crap from Yankee fans the whole night. Um, you know, the one guy that I feel like can actually handle the pressure of playing in New York He's been probably our best performer in the playoffs over the last several years. Um, gets booed, like, and honestly, for the last month, pretty good reason. He's not been playing well at all. Um, and his overall production is way down this year. It's actually his worst season by OPS+. Plus. Um, but end of the day, it's Giancarlo freaking Stanton. Um I'm confident that this guy is going to turn it around when we need him to. In terms of high leverage, um, he has the highest OPS out of every player um, since 2021. Um, just comes through in the clutch, of course, the huge grand slam last year against Boston right around this time. And, um, yeah, I feel bad for the Pirates because they really should have won that game. Um, they should have, it, you know, it should have overshadowed judges 60th homer uh, it's like because you know it would have been like oh well the Yankees lost um but no it's the Pirates pull the Pirates and yeah uh judge number 60 ties Babe Ruth you guys know what I think about the season he's having just flat out unbelievable um but yeah LJ any thoughts on on that Yanks game last night well it certainly again fantastic win fantastic place to put yourself again the offense here finally you know not finally I shouldn't say but they're stepping up in the right time they're stepping up in big moments to carry the part of their team that's been struggling the most in this back half it, it feels like and that's the pitching side which has been you know it's been good but it wasn't the great team that we saw before the all-star break the offense is finally catching up a little bit and you know, providing that cushion, providing that support and backing them up when needed. This is the good mentality to have going forward offensively for this group. But again, you look at the pitching side, great outing from Nestor Cortez, uh, five innings, one earned, four strikeouts. Past that, Aroldis Chapman, your final pitcher, the guy who you gave the ball in the ninth, is the only pitcher not to allow a hit and not to allow a run. In this game, Marinaccio gets hit for two. Trevino gets hit for one. Loizaga gets hit for two. Holmes gets hit for another. It was Holmes, Holmes gave up the the big home run too. Um, yep. in that game, 
it's you know it was death by paper cuts to this relief relief staff today and that's the type of stuff that, that's still going to keep Yankees fans worried probably all the way into the postseason it's just it's getting a little too late for that identity to change if if a bullpen is faltering or parts of a bullpen are faltering right now odds are you're not going to be able to really you're not going to be able to clear your conscience of it I'm before then I'm willing to chalk up just a bad night for the bullpen um we got some guys coming back which we can get into now um, oh you absolutely do I'm just saying generally though you Brandon you can't deny looking at this team in July and looking at this team now this is a much weaker bullpen than it was two months ago that's what I'm saying that's they're not sure yeah. they're not as trustable to me sure um you know still the third best route relief pitcher ERA in the league um second best home runs per nine but yeah and you know obviously in the postseason we saw how good the Braves and Astros bullpens were last year and that's why they were playing in, in the World Series um but the Yankees will be getting back Zach Britton at some point hopefully very very soon he's finished his rehab stint uh, Scott Efros will be returning. Um, and there's a few just roster construction moves here that, at least for the postseason, I'm very interested in. Um, you have to assume that one of the guys getting optioned is Greg Wiesert, Um, you know, was our AAA closer, uh, called him up. He's been actually much better than his stats indicate he got like shelled in one of his appearances but other than that I think he's been pretty good got some nasty stuff um and then from there it's like who are you sending down is I don't know if you can option Lou Trevino because you traded for him and he's actually not been that bad certainly not Clark Schmidt who's been one of the brightest spots in our in our pitching staff over the last month or so um and I'm thinking it might be Lucas Lickie because you bring back Britain, who's a lefty. You don't necessarily need another left-handed pitcher because you'd have Wandy Peralta and Chapman, and then you'd have Britain. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of interesting moves to be made. Um, and... Then you talk about the starting rotation for the postseason. You're not going to carry five starters into the postseason. Luis Severino, um, I don't know if it's been officially announced that he's starting today. but He's starting today. All right, yeah, he, he's starting today, so he, he's back. Um, and so your top three are Cole, Cortez, Severino, and then from there – you figure Domingo Herman kind of slides back into the bullpen. He's your uh, use an emergency guy, you know, bring him, bring him in. Um, if if a, one of the pitchers is in big trouble early on, um, then a tough decision has to be made. Uh, Frankie Montas, he just hit the IL, but he'll be back before the season's done. Do you go with Frankie Montas or do you go with Jamison Tyone? And one of those guys is going to not be on the playoff roster. If they both make the playoff roster, I'll be genuinely shocked. Um, 
at the roster construction because there's just no need to have that many starters in the postseason. And, you know, after looking into it, I I, I think Jamison Tyone is going to is going to miss our playoff roster simply because you traded for Frankie Montas because you needed another starting pitcher. Sure, he has not pitched up to standard for the he's he's not pitched, you know, up to his standard with the Yankees whatsoever. I'm fully able to admit that that he has not been good. However, LJ, we know Brian Cashman. Is he ever willing to admit that a move he made was was wrong? Um one shipping out Joey Gallo, but shipping out Joey Gallo, yeah. Sure, that was it's the loan. It's the loan admission of guilt. If if Frankie Montas, if we traded for him and we gave up quite the haul to get him, like let's not forget we gave up. Was that the JP? Was that JP Sears in that trade? And um, or no, yeah, that was JP Sears, Louis Medina, Ken Waldachuk, three really good young pitchers for us. Um, you gave up that to get Montas and Trevino. I, I, I have to imagine that Frankie Montas is going to be on the playoff roster and boy, does that scare me? Um, really either one, the way that Tyone has been uh, pitching as of late as well, he's not been terrible, but clearly out of our five starters right now, if throwing Domingo in there, um, Tyone is the worst. Um, his stat cast stats are, are not good. The expected Woba is in like the 13th percentile. Um, you know, I just feel like that James and Tyone's not going to make it. And this is a guy that could potentially get a qualifying offer from the Yankees his name was mentioned in that luxury tax article I was reading yesterday about you know all the new stuff with the qualifying offer um do the Yankees give it to him who knows after this kind of lackluster season from him overall um but for a guy that started 29 games this year has been healthy the whole year it's gonna be tough to just say hey thanks for your 170 innings but um we're not gonna need you in the postseason I'm going to give this two different sides here. I'm going to do what, what what will happen. Brandon is correct. This Yankees team will start Montas in the postseason purely to save face. That is, the, that is the justification for putting him in here. This is not a merit-based decision. This isn't even a strategic decision to play Montas, to have him on this roster. It is to save face. Now, if you put me in charge, the other side of the coin, I've given the realistic answer. Brandon, I think you are overlook, overthinking this greatly because you're ignoring two things. One is the strength of this bullpen generally is incredible. And, you know, if they, if they do get back to, if they can get hot for the postseason, this is a game-changing bullpen that, that you have there. And in my head, especially when you see how they've used this group in the past, they've been able to get through long innings work. They've been able to just flat out and do bullpen games on relatively limited rest situ- situations in the past. 
I trust this group to not have to have an extra long starter. I think you're playing with fire putting either Montas or Tyone in because for lack of better word, they both suck. Yes. And you don't have the opportunity to screw around with this stuff. I get, I see what you're trying to go for here, but you're playing it too cute, putting Herman in the bullpen. Well, that's just what they've done in in, in the past. Yes. It's, it's It's just, that's too cute a move. You start the four best guys. The four best guys are Cole, Herman, Cortez, and Severino in no particular order. But to be fair, LJ, Herman has, in the last two times he's pitched, has only been an inning and then an inning in two-thirds. So they're building him back. They're uh, cutting him back to be coming out of the bullpen regardless, even in the regular season. But that doesn't even mean that that's the right decision. Fair, um, no fair. In in my eyes, again, start those four because if those four can carry you through five six innings a game, then you're set. Jamison Tyone and Frankie Montas, I'm not counting on them to win me a game. I'm just hoping that they don't lose me one. The other the other four can win you games, and if something goes wrong, if somebody gets hurt or somebody gets shelled, I trust this, or I don't necessarily trust them with current performance, but I trust them by reputation that you have enough guys here that you can go to and you can go to for multiple days that you can make it through six innings, seven innings of bullpen work without having that extra guy in the extra rotation guy down there in the bullpen to make that work. The other thing too is you bring those four. You don't even necessarily need four by the end of the postseason. Right. You you can get by – you know, you're playing with fire, I think, doing it in the CS, a three-man rotation, but it's not uncommon to see three men in the World Series. Like, that's not a ridiculous thing to say. So, all of a sudden, you have two options that then, too. Herman and Severino both have plenty of experience coming out of the bullpen and being successful out of the bullpen. So, I could see either of them playing that role as well. It feels... The the best choice is to forget about your pride, leave Frankie Montas off, leave Tyone off, especially seeing I don't agree that Tyone's worth a qualifying offer. You look at this, especially now with the new collective bargaining agreement, the risk-reward for the, putting a qualifying offer on these fringe guys is even greater to the point where if you don't think that guy is worth the what is it? What is the qualifying offer? Uh, eighteen point nine million dollars. I think it's eighteen point nine now. If he's not worth nineteen million dollars to you, I can't justify it. Especially like if you're kind of you know banking on him declining to get a long term deal, and then you can get the pick. That those situations, you know, that is something that teams do in the past, and that's kind of the play that the Yankees would be making here. I can't see. I cannot justify playing around with anyone I don't see worth it now with the lesser the lessening of the picks in all of that. Yeah. Um, so the qualifying offer, I, I, I said 18.9 because that's what it was last year, but I believe it's it's very similar to like the um like a franchise tag in 
football. It's I think it's based. I well, not position based, but it is the average. I want to say of the top 125 paid players in the MLB. So the 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 mean of the top 125 salaries. So should be right around there. Regardless. Back to the bullpen, though. Is it a bad take? I know you're saying you we could you could use him. Zach Britton, is it worth bringing him back at this point? Yes. Because if you're happy with again, if you don't want to put a fourth lefty in, which I don't entirely see the problem, especially like you know, you've got a, yeah. a couple of those lefties. Like again, Chapman. Yes, you would ideally love you'd love to see him go up against lefties, but um. Chapman and Peralta, particularly, I don't see any issue with either of them facing right-handed pitching. So you can use them as a traditional reliever, and it's not going to be the end of the world. Wandy is kind of a lefty specialist, to be to be quite frank. Yes, but he's not not to the extent of Britain. Like if you had if you had to put Wandy in, and you had four right-handers coming up. It's not the end. I don't think it's the end of the world. Wandy has been so good against lefties this year. They have a 23 OPS plus against him and against righties, 69. So he's been outstanding. Don't get me wrong. But Britain, you know, LJ, I I feel like Britain's a guy that you can throw against anyone. He was one of the best closers in the league for how long? He's an extreme ground ball pitcher. And across his career, like I'm – I'm sure the stats versus lefties are better, but um, he can still pitch versus righties. He's a guy who just forces a lot of ground balls. He's not going to be giving up very many home runs, um, at least you would assume. Um, so this kind of furthers my stance on I wouldn't care if Lou Trevino went down. Like, I don't care about the amount of lefties that you put in this bullpen. If we have, especially we're seeing, we have enough of them that are good on either side that you don't ha- you don't have four guys sitting waiting for the lefty part of the order to come up. That's not a, that's not a worry for this team. So I don't see that as a big deal. But you know, if we're talking about letting go of a guy like Lucas Lickey from this group, you're really starting to play with fire, particularly because you have a week, two weeks to establish what type of form and what type of position Zach Britton's in, because you really, as much as rehab starts are there, they're there more for the pitcher to get warmed up. They're not there for the Yankees or any other team to be able to evaluate whether this guy is like fully back in form. It's about this guy getting built back up. So you're going to walk into two weeks where you're probably going to use him heavily to figure that out. And I don't think that's a long enough time to really show you whether Zach Britton is fully ready to be back on this team. And so you get into a situation where if you shut him down for the rest of the year, it's going to be it, first of all, because he just, he just did a rehab stint. He just did a full rehab stint. Look, this goes back to the last conversation too, though. At the end of the day, you have to look out for the team. Yeah. Also, I, it's, just, I can... it's such a big risk. Cause if you, if you bring him back, the justification then turns into, all right, let's see what he's done so far. If he's great, great. If he's bad, you still have that question in your head because you did bring him back. You're like, all right, two weeks isn't enough time for him to show us. 
I guess we're going to put him on the playoff roster and hope this happens. And then if he ends up being a sitting duck in the playoffs, then that's a problem. So I think there's validity to both sides. It's, it's, it's one of the toughest roster calls, I think, in the playoff picture right now. Lou Trevino, though, LJ, um, there, I, 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 I see no way he goes down the way he's been pitching for us. He's, he's, he's made 16 appearances with the Yankees and has given up an, an earned run in just three of them, and that's counting last night. Um, he's been lights out for us. Uh, I can remember a game maybe in uh, against Toronto, I want to say, where he, he got seven huge outs for us and didn't allow a hit. Um, or anything he was outstanding there um he he is going to be a part of the playoff roster for sure um and unfortunately Licky might be the odd man out and I say that because he was almost gonna be the odd man out um before maybe Miguel Castro got hurt or no before Efros got hurt um I, there was talk of him potentially going down because then Albert Abreu also went down the same day that Efros did. Um, I mean, and, and by down, I mean injury. And I heard some chatter about Lucas Lickey getting uh, a DFA then. So very, very tough construction. And LJ, it makes you think with all these relievers the Yankees have hurt, how the hell did they structure the roster for like opening day 2023? I mean, Miguel Castro was amazing for us. F Frost has been good. You're going to get back Michael King, who is one of the best pitchers in the league um, until he got hurt. Um, Albert Abreu will be back. Uh, and then you've got all these other young guys that have pitched well in the bullpen to begin with, like Ron Marinaccio um, and Loisaga, who – you know, he's starting to finally uh, turn a corner somewhat, um, you know. And keep, and keep in mind, too, that, you know, we're talking April 1st here. That is very much within play for a Chad Green return, correct? Yeah, that's it's, you know, I don't know if it'd be opening day for Chad Green, especially because if it took Britain over a year for Tommy John, and he's still not back. Um, Everybody's different. Let's let's right. Oh there. yeah, 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 yeah. And for relievers, conventionally, I would guess it's going to be a year because the majority of these guys are back to throwing within eight. Yeah. Seven, so that would that months. would put Chad Green around mid June then for next what? year. For a year. June. Yeah. So the surgery that would be a year. Yep. So, like you just said, relievers. I just said eight to nine months. When you're back throwing, but you said relievers around a year, right? No, I said relievers. Yes, I was trying to say relievers are less than a year. Like oh, less than a year because okay. you you have to build up less is ultimately what it comes up. I I reasonably see him back by May first. Would be my guess if we were placing bets on it right that. now. I would love that. Um, yeah, I love that. Regardless. It, it's all it's always going to be weird because for every uh every guy who comes back in like five there's guys who've come back in like five months and then there's uh the guys who you know they'll go down in june and then you won't see them again till late august the next year because of setbacks and stuff so 
Again, this injury goes different for everybody, but yeah, I would guess it's going to be, you know, closer to that. Well, he'll be doing rehab at the beginning of my, of the minor league season. Go ahead. That's about all I have for today though. Well, LJ, um, what else did you want to talk about? Did we want to touch on this uh, Buster Posey thing quick? Yeah, let's touch on Buster Posey quick. Oh, and, then and then also I'll, the, the, uh, the Buster Posey thing is, is real quick. And then there was something else I wanted to, to bring up that I remembered. Um, Buster Posey joins the San Francisco Giants ownership group. Um, love that. You just kind of assumed, you know, the guy that played every single game of his career with the Giants, won a MVP had an over 10 war season, three World Series. Um, yeah, you figured that he would do something like this. So unknown minority share, but love that. Um, really nothing but uh, positive things to say. I'm not going to ramble. Yeah, this is terrific. Um, and really what it comes down to is that kind of locks him up to being a part of your organization. Not to say he wouldn't want to be, but this is this was the leader of your team for how long? And you don't want to necessarily see a world without him. He Buster Posey is the type of guy that screams coach in some aspect, even if it's just a mentorship role. Screams it. So if I'm the Giants, I kind of want to put this guy in a position where, you know, he's not going to be testing the waters outside of the Giants now. He owns this team. If let's say he came in as a special assistant and then somebody tried to hire him as their hitting coach out in like the Rangers tried to hire him as their hitting coach, you know, it's a lot harder for him to say, or might actually be impossible for him to leave the Giants to take a job with another team while still owning right. that share. So this kind of, you know, this locks him in. I'm not going to say he's never going to like eventually lead to being like the manager of the team or anything. That's not, I'm not trying to like, you know, create hot takes like that, but this keeps his influence within the Giants organization for forever. It locks that up. And um, the last thing I wanted to touch on, LJ, we talked a lot the other day about how the Tigers, they hired Scott Harris as their president of baseball ops. He came out and said that they will still hire a GM. Um, so that was interesting because I was kind of figuring Scott Harris was going to be president of baseball ops and GM, but um, certainly interesting there. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that there's, I'm, I mean, I'm sure a guy as smart as him will find someone, um, you know, someone to, uh, fill in there is two assistant general managers right now um who the former gm alavila promoted that sam menzin and jace sartori um yeah i don't know it could be sam menzin he did lead day-to-day -day baseball ops um during that interim period between avila and scott harris um but yeah be on the lookout for a new GM. That's always something big. Uh, Tigers really changing things up in their front office. Love to see that. Yeah. And, you know, we, we still think again, Harris is going to 
have the majority control and call the majority shots. That's usually the way things are running now with baseball. But this is further showing the fact that he is the one coming out and saying this. The fact that they're not just immediately pushing one of their guys in to that spot and keeping him there because they could have promoted, you know, no president of baseball operations, but they could have promoted one of those assistant GMs right away and just said, all right, this is your, you're in the spot. He has got the freedom to bring in his own guys, to bring in his own plan, it sounds like. So that's a big plus towards them building somewhere. Well, LJ, I am, I'm good if you are. I'm also good. Thank you for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And we'll see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 